We're talking travel, and that makes you feel good too. For our sponsor, Travel on King, Sally Lucas, now where are we starting to today? I Somewhere thought cool? the top, yeah, <laughs> right at the very top. Why not? I like it. And we'll work our way down. So why I thought I'd talk about the Arctic today is I don't want to sound like I'm a greenie because um, um, that's not what I'm here for, but... We do have to worry about the polar bears, as we all know. And, it, and they're not that, green, so that's okay. No, and they're not green. And there's enough proof that the ice is breaking out and those poor, wonderful animals, you know, could obviously start to disappear on us. And why I decided to talk about that was that this week on the 27th of February was International Polar Bear Day. Ah. So I, th- I didn't even realise that. But anyway, and um, Aurora Expeditions, um, I was looking at their website. So they were promoting it, of course, you know, to encourage everybody to be aware of their plight. And also, you know, to say, look, you know, how about you go and see them now while they're all still all still there. Um, but you, apparently you just about guarantee to always see polar bears when you go, you know, on any of the Arctic voyages. So that would be quite incredible as well. And the polar bears found roaming the coastal waters and the ice sheets from the Arctic, from Alaska and Canada to Greenland, Russia and Norway. So they do cover quite a big area. And the it's the largest land carnivore, one uh, one to one and a half metres tall uh, when it's on all fours. But if they're on their hind legs, they can reach up to three metres in height. So coming in at a hefty 544 kilos, wow. the adult male. Now, you talk about them being carnivores. Now, when yeah. we think of uh, the northern part of the Americas, mm. we think of grizzly bears and we're scared yeah. of grizzly bears with good reason, I'm with sure. With very good reason. <laughs> why are we not so scared of polar bears? We should be. They're just as dangerous. Um, Perhaps but, we don't walk on the ice but, as much. No, I was going to say, I don't think we get quite up close and personal, unless, of course, you go to Churchill in Canada where you can and you go on these wondrous big, big vehicles with really big wheels and you go out onto the ice and the polar bears, I've seen photos of it, looks incredible. They'll actually come up and put their paws on the actual truck, if you like to call it that, and sort of be peering in at you, <laughs> which would be quite... That quite, would be quite something. It could be quite scary, actually, to be quite honest with you. But, uh, yeah, so you can get to see them there. If you can't get to the Arctic, as we've just said, we've mentioned that it's, you know, Greenland, Canada, Russia, Norway. So there's various parts of the world where you can get to see these wonderful creatures. And some of the photos they had online, if anyone wants to look at the Aurora Expeditions website, they've put a whole... Uh, menage of photos on there with the cubs and on their backs and rolling round and splayed out, you know, with their paws out and their chin on the eyes and doing all sorts of things, you know. So um, it, it's really quite wonderful. They, they they live about 25 to 30 years in the wild apparently. Ah. Um, but the females are, are apparently usually under 300 kilos, so they're quite a, quite a bit smaller than the actual uh, male. Um, so the polar bear, he's well equipped for she, for their frigid environment, and they've got a very heavy insulating coat of fur layer over a layer of fat. And apparently, even though they appear to be white, the fur, the fur is transparent and it reflects light to create the illusion of a white coat. Oh. And beneath the fur, their skin is actually black, which absorbs sunlight to help to keep them warm. How interesting. So I'm learning all these sort of things about polar bears that I never knew about. Have to go and look at them now. I know. Well, I just would love to go and look at them. And um, the bear is a a great swimmer as well. So that lets them swim incredible distances. And their paws, of course, you, you see how large their paws are. I mean, they're just like big paddles. So, you know, they can really 
push through the water quite well. But as we've just said, sadly, as the polar ice in the Arctic continues to melt, um, their swimming skills rather are really being put to the test because they're having to swim quite a lot further, doing marathon swims to get to where there's food and, and ice flow. So polar bears need sea ice to survive and it's a resource that's disappearing from the Arctic. So what we really need to do is... Um, I guess all countries internationally with all animals, not just polar bears, need to really think about the greenhouse gas emissions, of course, and what we're doing. And even to our you know, barrier reef here, I was watching something the other day and how much we've lost, you know, how much it's bleached. Um, you know, so we've got all... And that, of course, creates a problem then for the fish in that area, which is why they say the sharks are moving further south because they're losing the food chain up in the warmer waters. So they're moving further down. Um, that was told to my husband, actually, by a CSR who was on a course with. And um, he said, this is why things are changing. So we've got temperatures changing all around the world, which is creating animals having to move somewhere further afield to, you know, obviously sustain themselves. Mm. What was that people said about a butterfly stamping in uh, in the rainforest in Brazil? Oh, yes. And implications yes. throughout the world. world. Yes, incredible. But the Arctic, I guess it would, I haven't got there yet, Jane. I've done the Antarctic, so it's still on my bucket list. But obviously it would be a wonderful place to go to and experience those wonderful creatures and many others as well, of course. Well, I don't know. There's always a bit of romance associated with the next country you're taking us to. I think so, Jane, and I think it's a country we haven't really spoken about for quite a while, which is Japan. And, of course, it's such an interesting mix uh, to go to a country like Japan because your range of what you can do there is quite phenomenal, you know, from the most wonderful ski fields to the, some of the most beautiful small islands you've ever seen with lovely beaches and, you know, some lovely rocky outcrops. And then you've also got that incredible island called Battleship Island that's off the bottom there of Nagasaki that was in Skyfall, where you have Bardem had, you know, um, Daniel Craig sorted out and it was it was originally built, you know, for people. It's, it's true. It's a, You can go there. It's a derelict island, but you can't um, go there until you actually, you can't book to go there rather from here. You've got to wait till you get there to be able to organise to get to that mm. island. So quite, quite, quite interesting anyway. But then you've got Okinawa too, where the people there are reported to live the longest of any people in the world because of their diet. And a lot of them are still working full-time in their 80s and 90s, which is quite remarkable. And that's where the original strain of karate came from. So, you know, it depends on your interest. You've got so many things have originated from Japan, that being one of them, the martial arts, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the sumos, which some people like to go to a sumo wrestling match. You can go and see how they do the, the tea ceremony, which is very meticulously prepared. And uh, with a geisha, you can go and see that as well. So there's all these fascinating things you can go to. And incredibly old temples and shrines best time of the year to go everyone will say oh, cherry blossoms or autumn which is truly that those two times probably are the best but if you're a skier you're going to say of course you want to go in the winter months and then you might want to go up the top to Nagano and see the snow monkeys in there lounging in those spas and hot springs which always looks absolutely amazing so you've got that to do as well and transportation is some of the best in the world so you've got different means of getting around Japan and of course their rail is excellent so you can buy rail passes of various different durations and you know first and second class and so on and they're pre-purchasable in Australia which is great range of accommodation again you've got from the ultra modern down to your Ryokan inns where you're staying on you know just matting and a simple futon Um, you've got your spas you've got the beautiful hot spas you've got of course the wonderful food Um, so there's just so much you can do in Japan Hiroshima which everyone reckons is quite 
humbling and spine tingling and when you go down there it's a lovely city now but when you go to the shrine of remembrance and everything there it is quite something as well Kyoto is famous for its temple, but quite near there is a place called Nara where you can duck off to Okinawa and some of the other islands. But also there's a deer farm there and you can organise to go to this deer farm in, in a park and over a period of time a lot of the deers have now learnt to bow for their food. Isn't that amazing? Mm-hmm. So they give you these deer biscuits and they're like the Japanese, they bow, so they bow their little head down before you give them the biscuit. How incredible. Just really remarkable. Yes. <laughs> Quite. Quite, (laughs) she says. They have lots of national holidays in Japan as well, which you can always be aware of, and, you know, we can check those for you. They they love their festivals. You know, they've got the ice and the snow festivals and lots of festivals and lots of religious festivals throughout the year. You've got great markets. One of the better ones to go early in the morning is the fish market in Tokyo, which is just amazing. And you can also um, get a meal prepared for you there, which is like... um, I guess it's like a whole range of sort of sashimi sushi, but it's it's chef's or it's the, the fishmonger's choice. So you get this plate of just a range of food that you can buy there and sit and have this wonderful food as well. Then you've got all the terrific noodle bars and, you know, the nightlife, and of course, the karaoke, which they all love. But self-drive is quite possible in Japan in around the country areas as well. And you can, it can there's walking tours as well. So you can do wonderful walking tours. Uh, of course, you've got Mount Fuji, which is famous. You can access that at certain times of the year. It's not accessible all year round, but you can. Um, yeah, so look, there's just so much to do in Japan. And I think we forget how much there is there. People hear about Tokyo or hear about maybe Hiroshima or Osaka, but you don't sort of hear about all the rest. And there's some wonderful quaint villages you can go to that are still as they have been. Uh, They're about a couple of hours. There's one out of um, Tokyo you can go to, which is very traditional. So you've got options and options and options of so many different things that you would like to do. And I just think it's a country that really deserves a lot of time. And if you're into the other things with children, it's even got a Disneyland and all that sort of thing. So you don't have to go to America. So it's closer to Australia, closer to fly to. Um, the people are very welcoming. And, of course, you know, the, our rate of dollar against their yen, of course, is much better than it used to be in the old days, of course. So it used to be considered an expensive country, but these days, no, it's not. And getting around is, is quite inexpensive, as I said. And you've got a whole range of accommodation with varying different standards. So it really is, you can tailor it to suit any budget and if you're in a hurry of course well you can fly between the major cities as well if you so desire but and we've got lots of flights into Japan now Jane where we're really spoilt for how many flights operate so we've got great trade coming in from there to to us as well but there's a lot of airlines do fly in directly to Japan on a daily basis so you know you've got plenty of options there too. Hot deals time Sally Lucas what's there in the current travel marketplace? Too many, Jane. Each week I say this, don't I? Now, this is a fly cruise holiday doing New Zealand, Tahiti and Hawaii. 18 nights and it's from under $2,500 per person departing on the 18th of April. So it's only next month, but if you're wanting that quick getaway and that's valid for sale, subject to availability until the 31st of March. So that's fantastic value for money. 
We were talking a bit of the uh, north area today, so there's another one here, Discover Iceland and Canada. 20 nights, departing on the 2nd of September. Again, this is valid, uh, subject to availability till the 31st of March. You're getting an onboard credit on this one as well of US $74 per stateroom, complimentary bottle of wine with dinner. You return airfare into London and then out of New York. And then from London, you're cruising all the way up into Iceland, then across to Canada and down to New York. Mm. So that's fantastic. And that's from under $7,000 for that, which I think is great value for money as well, 20 nights. Now, sail on the, all the three queens. As we know, we've had them in, the queens, and you can do this. It's valid for sail until again the 31st of March. It's the 6th of July this year. It's a 32-night itinerary where you fly into New York and return home from Rome flying Qantas. You get a night's accommodation in New York, seven nights on the Queen Mary from New York to Southampton, a night in Southampton, 14-night voyage on the QE, the Queen Elizabeth, from Southampton return, which is going all into your sort of Baltic areas, uh, a night back in London, then an airfare down um, to Venice, and a seven-night cruise then on the Queen Victoria from Venice to Rome as well with a night in Rome afterwards. What a good idea to combine them the, all. The, the three, fantastic. Under 13,500, that one. And this is a little bit of a hot stop press. We had um, the Inca Discovery, which has been proving incredibly popular because it was such good value for money, which is the cruise from San Diego, cruising all the way down the, the Mexican coast and the South American coast right down to Valparaiso, which is your nearest port to Santiago, with your return air included in that. Um, there are still cabins left on that, so it has been extended. It's gone up only a touch. It was um, about 5000 under 5200 and it's only just about the same or about $50 more. Subject to availability, um, there are cabins still left on the vessel. It just depends with the air, of course, but that was extremely popular. That's 20 nights. And another one, a, a, a safari and African voyage, which is great. This is an 18-night one. Now, it's not till January next year. gives you time to save. But again, you've got a book by 31 March. All these are 31 March. It was 28 February. Now it's the next month. Uh, so you get an airfare into Cape Town, two nights there, um, a game reserve tour, and then you get a 16-night voyage on the Q, Queen Mary, not the QE2, the Queen Mary 2, from Cape Town to Fremantle, and then an airfare from Perth home. So that's quite fantastic, and that's from under $6,000 as well. Also, just to let you know, APT has been having a celebration sale. That is ending soon. Um, by 15 March, you can take a, advantage of a great range of super deals right across their entire range of cruising and touring holidays which is celebrating their um, 90 years anniversary. So that's fantastic. And then, of course, we were talking Arctic. The uh, Aurora Expeditions have got they call a new back-to-back offer where you book a selected 2017 Scotland or Spitsbergen voyage and they'll give you 50% off their across-the-Arctic circle departure. So keep that one in mind if you are interested in those wonderful polar bears. Mm. And just lastly, Jane, Backroads Touring have got um, a lovely little package here called the Goodwood Revival. And it's where you go to watch races on the historic Goodwood Motor Circuit in mm. England. You visit the Morgan Motor Company and Jaguar's factory as well. So this is for the car nuts. Five nights accommodation in boutique hotels as well. English breakfast daily, two evening meals, entrance fees included to Blenheim Palace, British Motor Museum, a whole heap of other things plus watching the racing. So something really interesting to do. And that's from about $3,500 per person. So there's quite a lot out there as usual. Jane, just, um, yes, spoilt for choice. <laughs> Always nice. <laughs> and we'll talk travel again next Friday. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, 
well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.